I am really excited to carry on this word that we've been sharing about who do I say, who does who who do you say that I am? And it's the question that Peter was asked, the disciples were asked, that Jesus came to them. And this is a reminder of um of, of, of what Pastor Andy shared last week when Jesus came to Peter and he says, Who do you say that I am? And some of the disciples, uh, you'll remember they answered that you're um you're you're you some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. And there's this moment where Peter has this incredible encounter and he says, you are the son of God. You are the Christ, the anointed. You are, you're the Messiah. And in that moment, Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. He had a revelation of who Jesus was for himself. Come on, I'm excited about this because we all need a revelation. I could go around right now and I know I could ask, I could ask Ezra, Ezra, who, who is Jesus? And I know he'll give me an answer. Who is Jesus? Sorry to put you on the spot. My saviour. My saviour. Come on, he's our saviour, right? And it's not, he's the saviour to Ezra, but he's something else to me. He's all these things. He's my saviour. You know, going back, I had this, um, I'm going to share a bit about my story, but more I'm going to share about who Jesus has revealed himself to me. And he's the same Jesus to you as he is to me. But we all have a relationship with him. This is the difference between religion and our faith in Christ. We're not turning up to do religious ceremony, to throw incense around and make it some kind of religious duty. I'm not here for legalism. I'm here to worship my king, my God, my savior, the one who changed my life and redeemed me from the pits of hell into the place of heaven. Come on, this is the king of kings we're serving. I'm excited to bring my revelation of who Jesus is to you. Come on, can anyone here say amen? Can anyone agree? And I pray that every house around here will be echoing the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm excited for this. I remember 12 years ago that I walked through these doors here. That it feels like just a moment ago, but it was 12 years ago. And I turned up to what is family church, my home, the only church I've ever known. And I actually thought I was going to that building over there, that big old building, because that's what I thought church was. So I was prepping myself for that day. I was thinking, right, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get incense all over me. I know it's going to be kind of quirky. I don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? I walked into a school building and I thought, what is this, a school building? This isn't church, but when I walked in, I was encountered by a people, not a religion, a people that loved God, a people that had a relationship with God. And in that moment, oh, my heart, I knew I wanted this. I knew I needed this. I was a broken boy, a Portsmouth chav in my tracksuit, walking in through the doors, thinking, oh, they're not going to welcome me, but I was welcomed. I was welcomed in. And you know what I love about family church? So often we can look and hands up if you're on the setup team. You guys on the setup team, you know what it's like to be on the setup team. That it sometimes can be a relentless kind of, oh. But I love about our setup team is that we set up in a school building. It shows the determination, the resilience that we as family church have. We're not turning up because it's easy. We're turning up because we love God. Whether it's hard, whether it's easy, whatever it takes, we're going to set up. We're going to, you know, so often I don't think we re- truly realise how much goes into the setup. And I love it that the team willing to set up that early and break down. When I used to share it with people, they'd think I'm mad. Go, what? You'd get there that early on a Sunday and it meant to be a day of rest. But you know what? It is a day of rest in my heart because he's brought rest into my heart. No matter what I do on the outside, I am at rest 
I could be climbing a mountain, but I'm at rest because of what he's done on the inside, not on the outside. People of the world, they need a rest on the outside because they're so broken on the inside. But Jesus comes and he heals the inside of who we are and he makes us whole. Come on, this is who he is. This is who he is. And I had this image this week, Monday, as I sat down and I just started pressing into God. And he gave me this prophetic image that this is no accident that we're in this field. You know, so often we think, oh, the COVID rules have put us here. Oh, the COVID, it's not. God said that the walls of his building will not contain what his church is going to do next. That the body of Christ cannot be contained between walls. That the platform of discipleship and the bridges between the community is breaking out of the building. And this is a prophetic image of what's next. His church, a public spectacle to the world to say we ain't going nowhere. The King of Kings is in us and we're standing here loud and proud for our God and our King. Can someone say amen? Come on. I'm excited. Should go here in case I chat for about an hour on that kind of stuff. Can do it. I can do it. But again, like I say, when I'm thinking of our setup team, I'm reminded so often of... The, the children of Israel who went on that journey, didn't they? They went through that journey in the wilderness. And on that journey, God asked them to make a tabernacle, to create these things. And they didn't get it permanently set up. They had to pack it down, go on a journey, walk on the journey, set it back up again. And I mean, this is a picture of where we're at. We're just on a journey and God's going to move and he's going to do incredible things on this journey. And yes, there is a place that's permanent for family church. But right now we're in the wilderness of whatever God is doing and we're going to travel and we're going to be rejoicing. You know, we have a Moses in charge in Pastor Andy. We have an Aaron in Pastor Stu. We have these guys that I want to stand like Caleb next to them saying, I'm going wherever you're going. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I don't want to be like one of the other 12 spies that were stood saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. Looks too hard. Looks too trouble. Nothing's too much for God. I want to serve my leaders. I want to be right by them. I'm passionate for family church. I hope you are too. And you probably can see it. I think one of my key aspects of my life is I'm passionate. You know, last night when the football was coming on, I was sorry. I got, it's coming home. It's coming home. You know, I get excited on there and I probably go a bit too much with it. You know, that song Vindaloo. Where you come from. Oh, I'm like, I'm getting into it. My wife's recording me like, look what's happening when football's on to my husband. I don't know what happens. It comes over me. But do you know what? I'm a passionate person. But ultimately, I'm passionate for him and his kingdom. And these other things come out in other areas. But what I want to talk about today is what Jesus is to me and who he's revealed himself to me and the life that I've lived. My life was transformed when I came into contact with God. I was a mess. I was lost. I was broken. You know, so many of us are in that situation and circumstance. Our lives come to a revelation or a realisation of what is it all about. You know, we all been there. Has anyone been there? When you start thinking, what's this about? And I love that the word of God has got an answer for everything. You know, it's not an old book that's irrelevant to life today. It's got more relevance today than ever because we're living in a broken world and his word is life and it's healing to us. Now, in John 14 is where I'll get my revelation. Now, in John 14, in John 13, we see at the beginning, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, right at the beginning. Then he starts to encourage his disciples. Um, I don't think it's encouragement, but he, he starts to say, who's going who's gonna to betray him? And Judas is there, Judas Iscariot, like, oh, it's going to be me. I mean, how did that feel? I don't know. You know, you know, and you're going to be the one that's going to betray Jesus. But in that moment, he goes on to say that, take heart where I'm going. And he starts speaking about the fact that he's going to have to lay his life down. 
And this is all happening in John 13. And then he comes to that moment where Peter, and he says to Peter, Peter's like, oh, I'm going to follow you. You know, Peter, Peter's a little bit passionate, a bit like me. I think, I, I think he's a bit there, you know. And Peter's there saying, I'll follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go, I'm going. And Peter said, and he, and he actually says, I'll lay down my life for you, Jesus. How funny that Jesus would be the one to do it, not him. That he wouldn't lay his life down for Jesus, but Jesus would lay his life down for him. But Jesus turns to him and says, oh, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And it's this moment, I think, that sinks in Peter's life. And then you get to John 14, and then Jesus starts doing his encouragement. Where I go, you know where I go. I go to make a place for you in my father's house. And he starts speaking this beautiful encouragement over them. And it's brilliant. Because when you read it, I see it through the eyes of comedy. I don't know why, I just do. But I, I see this beautiful Jesus saying, oh, where I go, you, you know where I'm going. And it's gonna, I'm going to make a place for you. And then what I see coming back was, I think it was Thomas. Like, almost, I get the picture of a bloke scratching his head, like, oh, I don't know where you're going, what are you on about? Where are you going? The way to go there. What? And it's like, it's comedy when you read it, because it's just like us. Jesus speaks his word, and so often we're scratching our head, like, what's he going, what? I don't quite understand it, but sometimes we require to dig in a little bit, to, to press in a little bit. But the very bit that I want to speak to you about that absolutely changed my life was John 14, verse 6. Jesus says, to the response of, Thomas, we don't know the way. We don't know where we're going. How can we possibly know the way? You know the verse. I'm sure you know it. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And for me, in this confused, messed up world, that's the words that I need to hear. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the, that's the revelation for my, for my whole entire being. That's all I need to know, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. What does it mean? Let's start with the way, to have the way. It's funny, in our house, it's often when you talk about knowing the way, it's about direction, right? If, if, if you want to know how to get somewhere or, or be directed, you need to ask someone the, the correct way to go. And in our house, it's funny because I'm the, the one to known for directions. If you want to know where to go, you come and speak to me. My wife, on the other hand, bless her, she'll use a sat-nav to walk to the shop, which is like just down the bottom of the road. It's just the way it is, just the way we're wired. She's brilliant in so many things, but directions, please, come to me. Because it's just the way we're wired. But this is a picture of the Christ, Jesus, who says what? He is the way. We live in a world that's lost its way. I was lost. I was confused. I didn't know my way. And there's some brilliant scriptures that I just want to refer to regarding this. Do you know what I love about Jesus being the way? That he makes a way where there is no other way. That walls of life are no problem for God because he can make a way through the wall, over the wall, under the wall, no matter what. What did he do with the children of Israel? He caused food to fall from the sky. He caused water to come from a rock. He's the God of the impossible. Why should I worry about the way when I know he's the way? He will make a way where there is no way. This is our God that we serve. He is the way. Not a way. He's not one of many ways. He's the way. The only way. I don't care what anyone else says. There is only one way to the king and to the father. And it's through Jesus Christ. There is only one way. Listen to these beautiful scriptures in Psalms. Psalms 32, 8. Listen to this personally. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Wow, what a promise. 
He's not saying, oh, just follow you, just follow me, I'll just go your way and I'll kind of go next year, bored, don't want. He's saying he wants to watch over you, guide you, direct you, advise you. Do you know he knows you better than you know yourself? He knows the way for your life better than you think you know it. He is the way. He knows your capabilities, your strengths. He knows every part of your life. I'm so glad that he does because when I came to church, I had no idea who I was. Genuinely. Absolutely no idea. I was completely lost. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Isn't that beautiful? That in the midst of a crooked world, his word will lead you along the right path. Look at this path right here. The world wants to take you left and right, but his word will guide you straight all the way. It will lead you along the right path of your life. Do you know there's a perfect path of your, for your life that God has for you? And his word will lead you and direct you. Because why? He's the way. He is the way. He knows the way and the way to take you. Jesus never leaves us without direction. And as we read it, where does it lead us? To him. And him being the way will lead us in the right direction. You know, I, was nev- I never knew I was able to do half the things I was able to do. Never. I never thought. One of my worst fears in school. Do you know what it was? Have a guess. Someone have a guess. Yes, public speaking. Public speaking. Hello, what am I doing now? He's the way. He knows what I can do more than what I can put on myself. He's the king of kings. Of course he knows the way. He's a much better worker of my life than I am. I can do hard. I, I, me directing it, dead end. Confused, lost. Him directing it takes you down the right path, a place where you can do all things through Christ. Why? Because he strengthens you. You're able to do everything that his word says you can do. So often I try to, I can't do that. I have a strong wife who says I can. That's another reason. She's like, no, you will do that. You will do that, Sean. But I believe that's a God voice in my life as well. You know, I used to suffer with anxiety, depression, Loss of identity. You know, that's a confusing thing in the world we live, look at today. The loss of identity and not knowing who you are. I used to look at the mirror of my life and think, who is the person in that mirror looking at? I completely lost who I was. And so often people will say, well, you get identity from where you're from. Well, I don't know where I'm from because the reality is I lost my way. I was born in Lee Park. I moved to Chichester. I moved back from Chichester to Bedhampton. Bedhampton to Lee Park. Moved around Lee Park many times. Moved to Portsmouth. Around Portsmouth many times. And that was before I was 20. I had no idea who I was. I was always trying to be someone else. Trying to copy someone else's way. I was always trying to imitate someone else's way to try and fit in with their way. Until I met him. The way. And I was brought into his kingdom. And I found myself to be a citizen of heaven. And I took that upon myself and said, that's who I am. He is the way. That will lead you in success. There is no other way. So the first thing, he is the way. He's the way to me for my life. The second thing he said, the truth. Now this is a really important one. The truth. Let's be real. When we look in the world today, is there much truth? I'm, I'm told that some people, truth is whatever you want it to be. Your truth can be whatever truth you want it to be. That's what I'm like. I'm working, I've, I've worked with teenagers and stuff before and they're told stuff like that. That whatever you want to be truth can be truth for you, and that's okay. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Because if I wanted to close my heart, eyes today here and refuse to open them ever again, my truth is now that nothing's out there other than noise. But that's not a reality. It's not a reality, right? That's a false truth. That's not a reality of our lives. 
We need to have our spiritual eyes, especially the world, open to the reality of what's out there. Just like me closing my eyes here and pretending nothing's out there, doesn't mean it's not out there. Jesus is the truth, no matter what. The world will say he's untrue. Just because the world says he's untrue, does that make him untrue? No. It just means their spiritual eyes and ears have not been opened to the truth of him being there, his presence. Come on, his presence is everywhere. You know, we, we see in Genesis, Adam and Eve, this moment in the Bible when they were spiritually, saved it. Oh, this is where it could get loose. They were spiritually alive to God. And they had this encounter with God that was beautiful. When you read the book of Genesis, you think, wow, that life sounds awesome. They were walking in the cool of the day with God. But they became spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, spiritually dead to God in the sense that they chose to follow a different way and then therefore shut off the voice of God and chose to listen to their own voice. Generation from generation to generation has been born deaf to God and alive to self. Does that mean God's not true? No. It just means I'm more aware of myself than I am of him. And I need to open my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ears to understand the truth of the gospel. He is truth. Listen, more scriptures on this. Psalms 25 verse 5. Love this. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For I wait for you all the day long. Lead me in your truth. What's his truth? The word of God. Psalms 86 verse 11 says, teach me your way, O Lord. Love that. Teach me your way, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I love that. When we know his way, we know the truth. When we start to understand and walk in the way, we start to understand the truth. This is the reality of as we grow in God, as we walk in God. This is, again, this is who Jesus revealed himself to me. Psalms 119, 160 says this, the sum of your word is truth. Love the way that words, the sum of your word. It's like as if you equated all the scripture together, plus, plus, plus this, plus this, it equals truth. The sum of his word is truth. You could add it all up, every verse, comma, syllable. I don't, very good at English, just as far as I know of, um, of English. And yeah, you know it. Didn't go to school, sorry. Anyway, all the other stuff that's in English, Livy will know, Pastor Gina will know, equals truth. That's all I care about is truth. I'm not so worried about the commas and the other stuff. And I just want his truth inside of me. I just want to know him and his truth. So it leads me. Jesus is the truth in my life. And this is really important for me. I don't fit him in to all my other truths. Like some misshaped puzzle piece. This is my life and I'm wedging him in. Get in there, Jesus, to my truth and conform to my world. No, 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 no. Scrap the puzzle. Jesus is the whole puzzle. And every bit of every truth that I've ever thought is real, I have to weigh up to Jesus. That's not real. That's not right because your word doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And I change the way I live according to what's his truth and not my truth. My truth is not bigger than him. Come on, this is a truth that we need to understand. When we line our understanding up with him, our whole world changes. Whole communities can change. Because what happens? Love enters in. His ways enter in. I'm no longer saying, actually, I don't really like that bit of your truth. I'm going to wedge this bit in. That's not truth. That's deception. Come on. That's not the way we, 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 we should be living. You know, my life used to be up and down. Very up and down, like a roller coaster. You could see me one day and I was like, hello. Next day, oh, 
Hello. Oh, it was like that, literally. And I think Pastor Annie had many moments in the office. Pastor Stu's probably dealt with me many times, having to up and down. Sean, what's wrong with you now? Oh, I don't know. And my life was up and down, you know, and I had lots of stuff going on. But the reality is, as I start to learn his truth, walk in his truth. Hello. Hello. There we are. The picture I get is like being in a rough sea, being tossed all over the place, thrown left, right, up and down trying to fight for your life. And his truth is like a buoyancy aid that gets put on and makes you stable, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of the the madness of up and down. It stabilizes who you are. His truth stabilizes who we are. It's the thing in which we line ourselves up with. When we don't understand, we line up with his truth. It brings the, 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 the stability to what we need in life. He's the way and he is the truth. Not a truth. Not one of many truths. He is the truth that all other truths should line up to. He is the very person of truth. If he walked in this field today, it is truth walking. And he's walking because he's in each one of us. Truth is in us. The very last thing he said was that he was the life. I mean, you can get a lot out of one little scripture, right? One little verse. He's the way, the truth and the life. I love that because he is the very life. That life, that word that he uses is, is a word called zoe. And it means the very life of God. Absolute life. Life in all its fullness. Life in abundance. Now, I want to clarify two different things. There's a difference between life and living. I really do think there's a difference between life and living. To have life means we have Jesus. And it means we're full of everything we need. There is no need for an external thing to make us whole. We have wholeness from the inside of who we are. Life comes. You could have, you know, all the best stuff, but still not have life. You could have nothing, but know Jesus and have the very best of life because you have wholeness from in the inside of who you are. You know, life isn't about what you have. It's about who you have. It's about who's in your heart. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When he's inside of you, you have life. And now the difference between that and living, living is existing. To live, these trees are living. The grass, the plants, cells, humanity. It's living but doesn't experience life. I want to experience the life of God. I don't want to just live. I have existed before. I remember my mum was a testimony to this. She, she, she would tell you, we lived in Lim Road. A, a road just around the corner from here. And it was a, a time when I existed. We had nothing. I remember waking up on Christmas morning. We had no presents, nothing. We had no carpet. I had a mattress on the floor. We had nothing. I was existence. And me and my mum would say, what, are we, what is this? We're existing. I'm merely breathing. For what purpose? But you know what? You can have all of that and know Jesus. And you would have the very life of God inside of you and it wouldn't matter. You would have everything you need. You wouldn't need carpets on your floor. You wouldn't need any of that stuff. When you have the life of God inside of you, you have everything you need to live a life well. Come on. I want to know his life. I don't want to know what it means just to live. I want to know his life on my daily, b- b- daily presence. I want to walk in it. I don't want to just tick a day away and say I breathed the breath and I lived. I want to have the life of God flowing through me. I want to start with this, and I'm going to ask Mudge. Mudge is going to lead us in a song, and I want us all to just press in, and this is part of it. I want in a minute just to, for you to close your eyes. 
And I believe God is going to do something in each one of us, cause us to encounter him in a fresh way. But listen, John 10.10 is a very well-known verse. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill and destroy. But what does Jesus say? I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Come on. He's the way, the truth and the life. You need nothing else. If you need direction, you go to him. If you need to know what truth is, you go to him. If you need to experience life, you draw on him. Nothing else matters. Come on. I want Smudge just to lead us and Ella and Pastor Stu in this song. Just to close your eyes, stand up, do whatever you need to do. Raise your hands and just let the love of God just touch you in this moment. The life I believe you are the way, the truth, the life I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe through every battle, through every heart, through every circumstance. I believe. You are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way. Every blessing, to every promise, to every breath I take, I believe you are provider. Yeah, you are protector. You are the one I love. Yeah. I believe you are the way. fears and doubts they can all come to because they can't stay long 
when I'm here with you. It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. All my fears and doubts, they can all come too. Because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. The way, the truth, the lie, I believe you are the way. presence right here in this field. Father, I thank you for every life represented. You know, if you're out there today and you don't know God, you've never experienced His life, you've never experienced His love, you've never known truth like Jesus, then I want to give an opportunity that together we're going to close our eyes and we're just going to pray and you can just, I'm going to get you to raise your hand after and um, I can pray for you, but just close your eyes and let me pray and you can repeat this after me, church. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I choose to turn from my ways and turn to your way. From my truth to your truth. And in this moment, Jesus, I receive your life. I receive you as Lord and Saviour. I believe in you, Jesus. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. That means be set free, delivered. If that was you today and you feel like you need to come to God, then just do one thing. No one's looking. Just raise your hand and I can pray. Is there anyone here today? Father, we thank you for every person represented, for every life that you've touched and that you've encountered. Father, I pray for a release of your life like never before over every person. A release of your truth. Let your way become our way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.